Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We'll do it live. Fucking thing. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Fucking thing sucks. We'll do it live. Okay. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, into another episode of the Fuck It, We'll Do It live show. Hopefully, episode two being way better produced. It's another two hours of mediocre madness and ramblings. Of course, we have rambling fever, which is a good thing that we don't have any other type of fever here in this March 23rd, 2020 time. A little bit of... uh, Update, here's what you need to know as President Trump hints at a short shutdown as he's, I'm not looking at months. The White House team warns of an alarming attack rate in New York. The president pushes malaria medications despite cautions from doctors, and Trump signs in order to combat price gouging. The Senate debate turns angry as Schumer and Munich try to salvage a $1.8 trillion stimulus package. The Florida governor to New Yorkers fleeing to the state to stay out, and the U.S. Olympic Committee now joins the call to postpone the Summer Games in Tokyo. That is your latest coronavirus update. Of course, you know, we, we're, 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 here, we're living in dangerous times uh, here uh, right now. The cough has now replaced the AR-15 as the mass uh, murder weapon of choice. Um, anyway... I'm Brad. We're joined here uh, live on the Fuck It, We'll Do It live show with our co-host for the evening, as always, Dano. Dano, how you doing? Hey, man, I'm cool in the gang. Say what's up to all my cool people out there, all the cool kids. Hang in there. Be safe. Absolutely. What's going well, on? Dano, we've Bradley. got some, you know, we, we have to start off with the COVID-19 virus, uh, you know, and and we go back in the archives and we listen to this show probably two years from now. Uh, obviously, this will have blown over. Hell, we might be dead. But uh, obviously, a very uh, dangerous situation in the world. I would like to to reiterate the world as the COVID nineteen virus. Uh, I'm not sure if I'd say ramping up because I think it's already there, but it definitely has presented a ton of issues and challenges. Uh, in society 
and in our uh, health care and economic situation across the uh, the board here. But, you know, do you have anything on the COVID virus that you've uh, found interesting since we went off the air last Monday? Is there, what was it, was it true about Rand Paul? Yes, he's got it. And a few others uh, about quarantine. I don't know, it seems like it, you only hear about it when when it's hitting the celebrities or something. I don't know, it's weird. Uh, not anything that, other than they, they seem to have some sort of C, uh, CPAC or something, some sort of um, maybe temporary fix. Um, there's a story earlier. Someone got it, almost died. Thought they were going to die. And was given that uh, that medicine, and apparently he was treated, felt really good. Now he's going to make it. But absolutely, uh, and a lot of people are um, dogging um, the uh, and was met with. Well, I guess when when Trump rolls out the malaria medicine, it's met with some trepidation by a certain people saying that uh, it could be potentially dangerous. Obviously, uh, they're fucked in the head because at what point do you go, okay, well, you know, we've got this potential medicine, uh, you know, the shit cured malaria for the most part, uh, but all of a sudden now the shit is dangerous again. Um, It doesn't make any sense to me, but, you know, like we said, we're not that type of show here. We're not going to get on the... um, uh, on here, and we're not going to talk politics to you know to the extreme of where this becomes a political show. But unfortunately, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to not uh, talk politics. Unfortunately, because of the politicians themselves adding themselves to the to this, uh, I don't know, maybe biological, or whatever. Or, I don't know. There's so many different stories of how it was created, but but you can't help but talk politics. You know, when you talk about the crony, uh, it's unfortunate. We'll try, but it's it's kind of hard. Well, absolutely. It almost reminds me uh the times that we're living in of where, you know, you can't afford to take your kids to SeaWorld, so you take them to the fish market and you tell them they're asleep. Um, don't take them to the wet market. Yeah, hell no, don't take them to the wet market. Uh, but that was our cr- uh, coronavirus update. Uh, we're going to do a segment that uh, we call Creep of the Week to start the show out with. So uh, without any further ado, let's go ahead and load this. And we'll do it. Just like an angel 
with that, we go to our creep of the week in a let me guess very uh, unproduced segment there. Um, but Dano, I think you have our creep of the week. I have, well, I no actually. I take your pick. Um, uh, <laughs> if you want, uh, you want to go creep fishing in Florida. Throw your line right over in Florida, and you. Be sure to pick up a creep, uh, a creep. but um, I don't have an article in front of me, but um, basically this woman, she was a black belt, and her boyfriend, I guess, pissed her off or something, and she roundhoused him in the face, basically kicked his ass, so he had to have been a white boy. Um, this ain't no black man going home <laughs> and whoop his ass. No, I was okay. And anyway, uh, yeah, he uh, um, apparently they were taking her to the hospital for some reason. I don't know what it was. And she coughed. She coughed up. Uh, she coughed on him. Told him she had the coronavirus. She got charged with two felonies. I didn't know that was a law yet. They charged her for felony um, assault on uh, or something on the paramedic that she coughed on, and. It's not really just just creepy. It's disturbing, weird, and uh, dangerous. So there's mine. What's up, man? You dig? Oh, I mean, <clears throat> the woman was accused of assault. Um, she was also. I'm looking this up now uh, here at at the Huffington Post. A Florida woman accused of assaulting her boyfriend also allegedly shouted, "I have the coronavirus," and then coughed in the face. Of a paramedic, uh, La, let's see, what's her name? LaDonald. LaDonald. La Is it LaDonald Shackey? I remember that. Uh, yeah, LaDonald Shackey like Holmes. So that's weird. Hilarious. It's kind of actually a pretty badass name, though, because you could break that down and go Donald Shack John Holmes. Holy shit. Um, anyway, she was 38, was arrested on March the 18th after officers for the Lake County Sheriff's Department responded to a domestic violence call in Lady Lake. First of all, you better take that domestic violence charge to another city. I, I can't have a, a, a domestic violence occurring in a, in a wholesome town sounding of Lady Lake. <laughs> Like move that Hilarious. shit to Miami. So many ways to go with that. <laughs> there's a, there's a joke in there somewhere. Exactly. Holmes's boyfriend told officers that she had broken his nose after he declined to have sex with her. Wow. <laughs> like the <laughs> keep going though, dude. I mean, d it down, bro, and you can breathe out of your nostrils, bro. God bless. The report said that Holmes is a black belt in martial arts and allegedly roundhouse kicked her boyfriend. <laughs> roundhouse so kicked her that. boyfriend in the nose and then punched him, according to the It'll local news website, villagenews.com. He then left the house and called 911. Fucking smart. If you're going to Conor McGregor me and then come in with a roundhouse kick and then punch me, hell no, I'm not calling 911 at the house. <laughs> yeah, it sounds 
kind of sexy though to have a, a badass female. Well, I understand that, but man, dude, what, let's say you've been working all day. Like, let's just say that this guy had been working all day, and maybe it was humid conditions, and maybe there was a little chafing down in certain areas. Does he deserve to get roundhouse kicked for not wanting to give the D down? I mean, <laughs> goddamn, she kicked him and he bro- broke his nose. I mean, that's wow. So, anyway, Holmes was in bed when deputies arrived on the scene and thwarted their attempts to arrest her by repeatedly falling to the ground. Of course, concerned that she may be suffering from some medical episode, the officers summoned paramedics to the scene. Dan, I want to call bullshit on that, and I want to say that the officers probably were afraid of being roundhouse kicked as well, so they were like, man, we're going to send the first team in. <laughs> I believe it. You see, women so, these these days, these women these days are uh, they're ass kickers, man. Yeah. Hey, note to, to be, every man out there. You know, if your girl can lift her leg above her shoulders, number one, you're very lucky. Number two, give her sex when she wants it. Well. That's a double-edged sword. I think she'd have to get violent. So so according to this uh, article, so when the paramedics attempted to secure Holmes to a stretcher, she allegedly coughed in the face of one EMT and shouted, I have the coronavirus. You know, that... Like I said, the coronavirus and the cough have replaced the AR-15. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the, the let, let's be honest. Let, let's just be honest. I mean, are we about to see a, a rash of, um, of YouTube videos where innocent people are fucking shot on site for coughing like in a traffic stop? Because we already know that the police department has an issue uh, with the old trigger finger. Yeah, they um, also. Oh, did you see that on uh, in the what was it the produce section? Teenagers are walking. It's like a challenge now. They switch from the ice cream to the produce during this pandemic. Are coughing on produce. Well, I mean, if, if if people would see me, I'm not uh, I'm not worried about that because I sure as hell ain't shopping in the produce. Now you you cough on like some hamburger meat, you son of a bitch, and we're gonna have some problems. But uh, I mean, no, I know what you're talking about. I mean, it got so bad. I mean, when in America do you have to put one of those fucking beeping devices on a container of ice cream? Yeah, and where are you gonna put that ice? Like, okay, let's break that down. If you shoplift, you have to conceal your item unless you just have really huge testicles, and you just don't give a shit. So where are you sticking um, that abnormally cold uh, 
box of uh, mint chocolate chip. I don't know if it sounds as though it is. Dude, it does sound absolutely. That fudge brownie ice cream is amazing, as they say. But uh, so now the report says that a copious amounts of saliva exited Holmes's mouth and landed on the paramedic's face. Uh, so apparently this Holmes chick is uh, not very uh, – just watch your face is all I'm going to say. In her, in her taking, uh, roundhouse. Yeah, she'll roundhouse you, punch you, and then cough on you. Who knew that the she ladder a whole new meaning to, Yeah, she gives a whole new meaning to uh, the six six feet apart that's in place, right? Oh, shit. <laughs> well, I mean, but let, put that into perspective. You get kicked in the face. You punched in the face. Who fucking knew? That just by coughing on somebody's face, that that's the Your worst of those is. three. Now, yeah. I know it. So she she was taken to the hospital for evaluation through the probable cause affidavit, but it does not say if she did have the coronavirus. Now, the report also does not mention that the paramedic received an evaluation uh, for the possible health risk. Holmes was charged with two felony counts, domestic battery and battery on a paramedic. What about the dude? The boyfriend. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he was charged with being a bitch. <laughs> I don't know, man. Some there's exceptions. He might have been a little bitty guy, like a little Cat Williams toy looking, whatever. Who knows? But uh, now the jail records show that uh, the lady known as La Donald, uh, which would be the Donald if you took that into uh, Spanish translation. Um, was released on Thursday after posting a $7,000 bond. She is scheduled to be arraigned on April the 13th. I wonder what the origin behind her name is because, first of all, she's a woman. And she's must have had an uncle or dad or something named Donald. They tried to, you know, put the law to make it female-ish. I don't know. But that's just strange to me that LaDonald? I would have never guessed that would even be a name. It's probably the weirdest oh, name, the first name I've ever heard for a woman. I'm telling you right now, you'll you'll never, dude. It, trust me, I've I've known people in various medical fields and and in schools that some of the stupidest names ever. Uh, just spouting one off, uh, a little six year old kid. <clears throat> Uh, signed his paperwork ABC and then his last name, which I can't even remember. And uh, the teacher was quite confused at this. And and after class was over, you know, she went ahead and went with it. That's literally this kid's name. The mom said, "Yeah, his name is ABC." Oh. <laughs> Where so, do you get that from? It's gotta be. Fuck if I know, dude. It's like maybe they had sex on a on one of those alphabet things, or maybe they got kinky with that toy. Remember that toy back in the day when you'd put it on a particular letter and then you'd pull a little handle and it'd spin around and it'd be like A for Apple. <laughs> you know, maybe they yeah, just that, picked the. That was high. That was high tech for kids back then, dude. I'm telling you, the most creepiest shit I've ever dealt with was that Teddy Ruxpin. Of course, Teddy Ruxpin did flow, man. I would 
I know a lot of our listeners are going, what the hell is he talking about? But, uh, you know, you used to put the cassette tape in there. And it would literally talk and, and play whatever you put in there. And I know a lot of people that put some nasty shit in there. <laughs> I never talked about I mean, about I may or may not, not have dropped Teddy a two-live crew tape in Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> That's classic. You dirty girl there. Dude, I've got this 20-inch um, stuffed bear talking about popping pussy. It was amazing at, at that age. Until my parents found out, and I got roundhouse kicked in the face. Of course, it was legal back then. And she didn't even have a black belt in karate. No, no. My dad was the Mom's original black belt. Like the, the son of a bitch he wore. Yeah, I think that's my exactly. claim to fame in this new UFC craze, is I actually have had my ass whipped several million times by a black belt. My, my dad, for some reason, he was uh, my stepdad. He was. It seems like dad is quick with the belt. I never could get a belt to go on smoothly and come off as smoothly as when your dad was ready to whoop your ass, came flying out just like he's taking a pistol out of a holster. I almost wanted to ask yeah. him, how the hell do you do that? Or you whip me? <laughs> the more you hold it's still, the, whole... the, the less it's gonna hurt. Yeah. And and as kids, my dumb ass would be like, oh, let me put my exposed hand with all its nerve endings in between my ass and the belt, because that's going to feel better. <laughs> so about the time that my third mode. knuckle cracked and broke, uh, it was over. I am gonna I am gonna launch an inquiry into that though, because you know I, I the other day I was going to wash a pair of jeans and you know I still had the belt in there and it took me like twenty minutes to get that son of a bitch out of those pants. But boy, when you when you did something wrong, boy, whoo, that son of a bitch come out of the streamline, dude. Like NASA had worked on that shit. <laughs> yeah, and it with came the quick out smooth. Mama with the quick draw. Oh, on the stiletto or the high heel to taint. I don't know what you were getting hit with, but mine wasn't to taint. Mine sounded like that, like Hiroshima. Kaboom! And I don't know, the, 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 the noise of the alligator skin, uh, leather, and whatever shit material they use in belts, Contacting with you know with your skin because man, I knew dude and you know I always got pissed off at certain friends because like we would compare ass whippings and they were like oh yeah man I you know if I do something wrong man I wear a you know my thickest jeans from like J C Penney and I'm like shit I didn't get that option I could have wore a uh, a bulletproof uh, pants no they were coming down. It wasn't. This wasn't the hey. I'm gonna stuff a like a t-shirt in my ass for padding. No, hell no. No, that that you right were, there is a uh, you were gonna experience the full disciplinary uh, effect. I said we never we never had to take our pants down, but and uh and I don't think we did at school either. I don't remember, but I don't ever remember being told to take my pants down for an ass whooping. But I know 
That was very, very common back then. Well, well, I and it still is now because my ex-wife, she had always tell me to pull my. I mean, hello. I uh, I remember in 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 school uh, in kindergarten actually, um, the first whipping that I took, and and that was the last year that they allowed that in school corporal punishment. But uh, the print, uh, we were in school, and this little bastard, right? This little kid was, in, you know, and these were the desks that had the little slot underneath them. Uh, for your books, and then you had the desk attached to it, and this little bastard, sure. I don't even remember his name now, um, but he stole a quarter off my desk, and then he goes back to his seat, and he wouldn't give me my quarter back, and he took, he, I he mean, this is, you got your quarter. Dude, this is 1984, so a quarter to, a, to a kindergartner was amazing, I mean, it was like having a million bucks, and so I got mad, and I dumped his little ass out of the desk, with him in the desk. And so we get to the principal's office, and she breaks out, like, like I don't even know where she got this. She may have gone, she was gone for a minute. So she may have turned on, like, uh, Bob Vila and built this shit right then and there. But it was, like, half the size of the half of, you know, a wall in the building. It had a neatly uh, routed out handle and holes drilled in this son of a bitch. And she proceeded to wear my ass out. Man. Man, it was brutal. Kids are different these days. 11-year-olds, man. You know, and principals back then, you know, they'd be like 70 years old. You go in there and there's no security, nothing there. Just shut that door, just you and her. She got that thick paddle with that little hole in it. And then she'd... And you're like thinking now, man, these kids these days, you know, leaving a, one of these young, little badass kids in there with the parents of a 70-year-old woman, man, you, know, you ain't no telling what would happen to her, you know. But back then, we had them old school women bust your ass. You didn't oh, yeah. even think, I guess. This was because of our parents, but something about respecting adults, you just never crossed you. Man, I just whoop her old ass. We didn't think like that back then. It's like. We was, we was scared going to the office. Miss Jackson, please don't whoop my ass. I didn't say that, but probably why I got it whooped, because most of mine was cussing. <laughs> and you can get anywhere there, like a chart, like three licks. They they start negotiating with you like your lawyer does. You know, we can get your sentence reduced to like two, 22 months. If you please get, you know, and it's like if she negotiate, you can either get, uh, this is how bad people didn't want to paddling. You can either get Three days of what they called sack, and it was suspension inside the school doing your work. It's depressing. Uh, you felt like you was doing 30 to life, but or she'd give you three licks or five licks. Well, that's how bad people didn't want that uh, that ass whooping. You'd be surprised. But anyway, uh, that's what they used to do. Oh, dude, uh, the principal that, that that administered the corporal punishment upon me was. Um, probably in her fifties, she was a uh, about a five foot four uh, black lady named Miss Powers. And I am telling you, when, when I say this, I mean this with no ill ill will towards the particular movie reference. But as she was whipping my ass, uh, I swear to God, we were only her asking me my fucking name from being in a famous movie scene. 
I mean, she beat the shit out of me, and I mean, I probably I deserved it, even though a little bastard stole my quarter. But it is what it is. Um, <laughs> I go back and look at all the ass, some of the ass whoopings that I can remember. The really memorable ones. Most old schoolers know what the memorable ones are, because you know they're very memorable, <laughs> painful, but. Uh, I don't hell. I I lost train of thought on the on the whole ass whooping thing. It'll come back to me. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do well, it. Well, that's live. what it would do. I mean, you could have the best day going ever back then. You know, you were gonna go and you know get on your bike and ride on the sidewalk after school. Man, you get your ass whooped though, and you know your your parents were like, "Well, you you got what you got. You don't want to do shit. You want to go home." There's parents, neighbors, like. You didn't whoop their ass, they'll whoop them for you. Give all you. <laughs> I don't know if that's yeah, right or not. Yeah. I'm not condoning it, but there's oh, a, there just a select few. Like, whoop his ass if he gets out of line. She's like, yes, ma'am. Yeah, no Your shit. Dude, you thought you had it made. You could be one of the best One of the best memories that I have, even though it, 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 uh, it was a painful memory, but. Uh, we were at the lake house and um, we're sitting there and we're probably 10, 11 years old, me and my couple cousins. And, you know, nobody's around, you know, that I know of. And uh, this is how society has changed, but nobody's around. And so I'm dropping bombs, dude. I'm like, man, that bullshit, blah, blah, blah. F this, shit this. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, I just did that when nobody was around. You fucking electrician working on the line, you asshole. Um, the guy up on the pole, man. So he goes and tells my grandmother, and you know, of course, your grandma. You know, you know when your grandma goes, hey, you better bring me a stick. So you're like, I got you. So you go get this like twig, dude. It looks like a cherry stem. Boy, that was the worst thing I could have ever done. She came off that porch like a piece of caterpillar equipment and ripped a fucking tree out of the ground, I felt like, and wore my ass out with this stick. And I was and years later I find out, like I said, the guy that was working on the electric pole at the time, uh, narked on me. Asshole. That's funny. Asshole. But it's a different it's a different time, dude, and it definitely is. Um, but that's that's this show. That is this show. I mean, how we go from the coronavirus to LaDonald and how he how she got his her name, and it ends up into getting you know ass whipping stories from you know school and at the house, and so it's what we do here, man. It's it, nothing's out of bounds on this show. If you want to call in three four seven nine eight nine eleven seventy one, I got a couple of segments coming up. Uh, Dano is the meme king. He loves memes. And uh, I think he's got a couple of memes, or he's got a meme selected as our meme of the week. Um, we're not going to make too light of the coronavirus, uh, so we're not going to do the bracket. Because I think at this point, with the statistics that uh, the that COVID-19 has, it's seven championship rings, per se. Um I think it's the number one seed that wins the wins the bracket. Um, you know, I guess you could throw in a couple of other things in there too, but uh, I think COVID nineteen man is the perennial front runner. Maybe HIV, but 
That is what it is. Dude, but, uh, the, the virus is still happening. You know, I have a little, you know, some compassion, man. Come on. It's, it's harsh, Brad. Dude, I, I have to do that first of all. I have cool kids out there just just know that he come up with that on his own. He never even told me about it or be ashamed of stuff. That'd, that'd be like, you know, uh, telling a stand-up joke while the, the, the you know Twin Tower 2 is still falling or something. Horrible, bad taste to be ashamed of yourself. Uh, first of all, it's not bad taste because number one, let's let's look at the let's look. Yes, the negative impacts are that that we have a unemployment rate that it rivals none other. But you know, it, going back to the kid situation, dude, you're out, dude. I thought about that too. That was another thing that I thought about. I was like, we. I'm kind of pissed at nature, and I'm kind of pissed at the whole virus situation. Because we didn't get COVID-19 and that kind of thing back in my day. Hell no. You got one week off of spring break. So these little bastards that are running around right now basically have a month of spring break, and I'm pissed off about it. Yeah, and I've seen an article in that where they were just like, um, I don't remember the number. If they even gave us a specific number, uh, there was a lot of – it was enough to – to you know, cause some serious shit, if you will. Uh, oh, absolutely. It's, it's, I understand kids, you know, but the, apparently it's not get this isn't getting across to them. You know, some of them. I was saying all of them. Hopefully, it was just a few. No, you're absolutely right. Well, what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a small break. Here's what we do. Uh, what we do is we take some of our favorite music. And we played a cut off of that uh, from one of our favorite artists of, of the time. And uh, that's what we do for a, for a little bit of a break. Uh, so without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and play this little cut. Fucking thing sucks! No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Actually, it's, it's pretty good. But fuck it, we'll do it live. Here's Creed Fisher. It damn sure ain't Merle. We'll be back here in a moment on the Fuck It, We'll Do It Live show. This one goes out to all you squirrels. One, two, one, two. There's been an awful murder down on Music Road. Still love old country, some good rock and roll. Them record execs, they done lost their damn mind. They think we're all too old, deaf, dumb, and blind. Now they're hipping and hopping, got no steel guitar. The songs that they're singing. They don't come from the heart They ran off the possum Now it's gone to the squirrels They call that shit country But it damn sure ain't Merle It's like Brokeback Mountain In Nashville these days The cowgirls are still pretty now most of the cowboys are gay 
I sure miss old Waylon And I miss John Wayne Back when country had balls And pride in its name Now they're snapping and clapping Got no steel guitar The songs that they're singing They don't come from the heart They ran off the possum Now it's gone to the squirrels They call that shit country But it damn sure ain't murder Show them how to play country music, boys Guitar, songs that they're singing, they don't come from the heart. They ran off the possum, now it's gone to the squirrels. They call that shit country, but it damn sure ain't murder. They ran off Jamie Johnson, they kept all the squirrels. Can't call that shit country It damn sure It damn sure ain't Merle It damn sure ain't Merle Haggard anymore Ladies and gentlemen That was Creed Fisher You can check him out on YouTube And I'm very sure that you can follow that link To uh, find his music as well Dano, uh, we were talking about kind of a good segue into this. We would be remiss if we didn't mention. And uh, you know, Dano, you you've uh, you're you're the country music aficionado. Uh, I just found that word in my thesaurus. That's a lot of pressure. To use it. That's a lot of pressure, dude. The pressure was on me just now. I actually was able to insert aficionado into a statement on the show, and the shit sounded like I knew what I was talking about. Yeah, um, it's very impressive words. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm gonna use it out of context, well, whatever. <laughs> well, um, I'm gonna tell you this too: the fact that I just said I was gonna insert something was very disturbing as well. But Dano, I was saying that you, sir, are the country music. Uh, you are our grand old Opry, uh, per se. Plus, you're an old bastard. Uh, so. Go ahead and tell us the heartbreaking news coming out of country music uh, last Friday night. The great Kenny Rogers, man, the gambler. I think he broke more than even though when he, during his life. So I think it's safe to say he uh, he was doing just fine financially. The great, I don't know, maybe maybe some country made a lot of money off pop. No slap against him. Pop country was in back then. He was one of the first. But yeah, he had enough country hits, enough respect, and enough longevity 
pretty damn good actor in some cases. Remember that movie Six Pack? Damn, Diane Lane was hot. Uh, I, I, you I, I, that I movie? don't He's a race car movie. driver. Somebody out there. No, I'm going to check that out, though. Um, if you want to claim to be American, you should watch it. Uh, well, I mean, what if he, I don't want to claim yeah, to be he, American? Well, you know, for this day and time, it seems to be – never mind. I don't want to get into that uh, because <laughs> people will look at me as if I'm some sort of Sean Hannity. I like Sean Hannity. Uh, well, anyway uh, – I wish people would look at now, me like I was some kind of Sean Hannity just for just if I had a paycheck like Sean Hannity, honestly. Yeah, get a bunch of haters. You know, exactly. you're doing something wrong, you get a lot of haters. I mean, I'd, I'd like to be compared to Louis C.K., but there's only one one explanation for that, but uh, we won't go into that either. I'll take that uh, creepy exchange for him, you know, take his money, and he can be, you know, he can have morals and, and uh, not be a perv and live my shitty life. <laughs> but yeah, so but I don't take my man, hair with me. We've got something. I, well, I have something planned uh, special tonight. Uh, the last mm, fourteen minutes of the show, we're actually got a little tribute to Kenny Rogers that we're going to play for you. I uh, kind of go. I didn't realize a lot of this, and I don't want to give any of it away, so I'm not going to do that. But you know, I didn't realize. I, I forgot that. And a lot of country music people w- probably won't, but you know, uh, mus- music of, uh, fans of, all, of of any genre really should come to could come to appreciate what Kenny Rogers did, Dano. Uh, you know, he started off in the soft rock uh, industry. Actually, he really didn't start off in the soft rock. He actually had a couple of uh, uh, bebop bands, I guess, as you want to say, for that time frame. But you know, he was. In um, you know, in the soft rock, then he moved to country, and and man, uh, he could sing a love song for sure, and and he could tell a story uh, in his own personal way. Plus, I'm not very sure, but man, he got really close to some of the best hits in Nashville. And he was our Barry White. Hello, hello. No. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, the PC culture can get me over. We, we, what exactly do you mean by our country music people? Well, there's a lot of black people, a lot of minorities that love country. So I'm talking about our music, our genre. People, calm down. Uh, Don't fucking roundhouse anybody. But he, um, he was he was pop country in in a lot of ways. Didn't like a lot of his, you know, crossover music, but. Is I don't know, probably about six, seven songs. About six, seven songs I could probably get down with. Well, I mean, I'm we all know love. your favorite was Love Will Turn You Around, but I think that the the popular, uh, the populace would probably say Islands in the Stream or The Gambler, uh, only because of, uh, of course, you know, we are the world. Uh, Kenny Rogers was in that as well. So, oh, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, I always. Yes, he was. And, and reason that I there brought that so up is because that. they're actually, they're actually Lionel Richie came out today. Uh, 
said that he wants to do another We Are the World uh, for the coronavirus. And, uh, you know, they did a remake of that. I want to know, what was your opinion of the second We Are the World? Did you like that? I've grown to like it. I thought the Beebs did all right. I just... Um, Throwing a little Michael Jackson in there, say what you will about him, but you know, thought it was kind of cool how they kind of put him in there since it was his song. I mean, if you I go guess, back uh, though and you listen to that, somebody else who who was that other dude that helped all those the young black uh, entertainers, up and comers, oh, Quincy Jones. I think he helped write. Quincy Jones Jackson. was like the man. Yeah, well, he he helped. Uh, he changed a lot a lot for uh, successful black artists. So yeah, obviously I mean, a legend. You just you go back uh, and you yeah. look at the lineup, and there's Cindy Lauper, uh, Huey Lewis, Kenny Rogers, Paul Simon, um, shit, uh, Michael Jackson, um, Kenny, Kenny it, freaking Long. It was a who's who of, of musical talent. Yeah, the original. Good times, man. Good times. But yeah, go ahead. I mean, if it makes them feel better. You know, they're doing it to maybe donate it. I guess I don't know. Maybe they're just uh, they're trying to get their name out there again because uh, some of them slipped off. Who knows? Who knows why they're doing it? Who knows why it's necessary? It, I guess music makes us heal better. Because I know when we get the coronavirus, if indeed we do, I don't think turning on uh, you know Amarillo by morning is gonna get rid of my disease. So I don't. I, I guess that what I'm saying is I really don't. I really don't under. You know, I don't get it. Maybe I'm just being an asshole. You probably are. You are. You are the resident asshole of the show. Uh, and it may be. And it may be a revenue stream. It may be. A, it may be a revenue donor uh, generator that that uh, they can use um, to. You know, I don't know. Get some fucking respirators or some masks going because we sure as hell don't have those. Yeah, that's what we need them to do. A bunch of celebrities, a bunch of rich celebrities, to get together and and stand right next to each other, so they can get the Make coronavirus. Sure in there jump on Twitter with a video with forty five million dollars or more in their banking account and crying emotionally with all that money in their bank because they have to sit at home and they can't leave. Puts everything in perspective, doesn't it? Something like well, this. And, 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 so check and if you think about it, let them know that that they're uh, that we don't give a shit about what they say. I mean, these people over here, you know, the common man—they're not working, can't make any money. And you got these celebrities that get on Twitter, these videos of themselves crying, and. Madonna, that should have been the creepy of the week there, the creep of the week. If you guys get a chance to check, well, I watched it for you if you don't want to watch it. I did it for you guys. Took one for the team. Madonna, crazy-ass liberal. I want to blow up the White House. Madonna, 61-year-old, large-mouth bass pussy. Uh, Madonna, that Madonna, sitting in her tub, just off a rocker, I guess about the end of the world. You just have to check it out. So sick of that shit. 
I hate to go on a rant, but celebrities just piss me off. They really do. So you're talking about the Madonna video where she's in the bathtub and she's got flower petals all over and and she's, you know, going on and 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 on about the virus. She's got her she's got her titties smashed on her kneecaps so you can't see them. That's fucking Madonna. I mean, when did that ever stop? I don't understand why she just threw the motherfuckers out there. Probably not the first time that her tits have been smashed against her kneecaps, but that's a different story for a different day. Yeah, we could do a whole two hours just on, uh, never mind. I mean, look, dude, uh, Dennis Rodman got a few rebounds in there, so that's all I'm saying. She had the whole Eastern Conference did, I think. I still think that they replayed the 88 NBA Finals in there, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I think Sean Penn got to suit up and play for the Celtics during that series. Uh, rip to Kenny Rogers, though. Uh, rip to something that, uh, you know, I've, I've, unfortunately the coronavirus is out there, so, you know, usually a lot of the media, if they're responsible enough, they'll do tributes. Let some of the young people know uh, just how important and what a legend he was to music. And unfortunately, if that's the least thing to worry about right now, I understand lives, but this coronavirus is, uh, you know, got everything taking a back seat. But if everything was normal, I think it'd be a big story for a few days. I think he was that legendary. But it's unfortunate. But oh, yeah, okay. rip to uh, Kenny and Dolly also did a little tribute, and she tried not to cry, but obviously that was going to happen. And well, uh, pretty, uh, I don't know if you touching. I don't know if you saw it or not, but of course, uh, the Grand Ole Opry does a broadcast live every Saturday night, and they uh, did not stop this past Saturday, uh, 24 hours, uh, from learning of, of Kenny Rogers passing. Uh, it was Marty Stewart, Vince Gill and Brad Paisley. Uh, and it's, it was like 45,000 consecutive episodes. Now they're playing in front of a, uh, empty, uh, Opry, uh, and Vince Gill, uh, sang a little tribute song to, uh, Kenny and, you know, he did like he did at the George Jones uh, tribute when he sang Go Rest High on That Mountain. But this one was uh, uh, a different song. But he held his composure, even though he broke down a couple of times. But it was very moving, and then and, and you can catch that uh, on YouTube as well. It's like a minute and 31 seconds. And they all they just sat up on stage and, and did what country music was about. And they played their acoustic guitars, and they let their, their, their words and the stories come out in, in in some good harmony, and it was it was pretty pretty amazing to see, uh, for sure. You know, of course, we've lost our our intro is is of course Rambling Man, a Rambling Fever by uh, the the Hag Merle Haggard. Of course, we lost him, uh, Dano. It'll be coming up on the the um, four year anniversary. Uh, I think it's April sixth. We didn't lose him. I still I talk to Merle. I talk to him all the time. He's over there with Tupac and uh, Elvis. 
Elvis is old. Kicking it shit. in the Virgin Islands. Yeah. Um. Uh, what was our, what was we talking? Yeah, Kenny Rogers. Um. Hell. Oh, from time to time. Yeah, Merle. He uh passed away however long ago today. And okay, um, April sixth of uh, four years. It's been four years. Man, it just seemed like last year he didn't get the love because Prince died. So Prince got all the love over, you know, Merle, it seemed like, it seemed like to me. Um, but, you know, I think, Dan, I, thought, Dan, I, thought I think he that Merle some... got exactly – I think Merle got exactly what he really wanted. I don't think Merle gave a shit that uh, – and probably would have smashed all of us with a roundhouse kick and broken all our noses like LaDonald. Uh, you know, if we, you know, because I think Merle knew uh, that he was going to live on and his memory and his tribute was going to live on in the nearly 600 songs that he wrote and performed. Um, so I think Merle, you know, I don't know if I would say that Prince outdid Merle. I think Merle went out the way he wanted to. You know, he, he was at home. And uh, I think he got the the send off that Merle wanted. He was a common, simple man and he got you know, he he went out and and we we, we pay tribute to him every time we hear a song by him and we think about that time that we got to see him or you know, we or when we see him on live stage, you know what I'm saying? It's just I think it was fitting for Merle Haggard and I think that, that Kenny Rogers, you know, kinda went out like the like the gambler song, you know. They they um he went to sleep. I never knew he made it off to sleep. It's perfect. Yeah, he. Uh, oh, fuck, I don't know. I may be. I may be off base. Hell, he's probably pissed right now. <laughs> Tell you what, that song that uh, you played during the the brief pause about Merle. I'll tell you what, we could do a whole do a damn whole week on just that song. There's so much material in that song. You talking about country? It just that just kind of reminded me, but there's a lot of truth in that song, and uh, yeah, I enjoyed the hell out of the lyrics to that. Right. Well, Dana, I got to ask you something. Do do you do you on March twenty third, twenty twenty? Do you own a my pillow? Yes. So you so you did you buy the my pillow based off the commercial, or did you buy it? What made you purchase a my pillow? Um, I bet you it was probably from the commercial. All right. Well, so you've heard the commercial on the radio. Well, on seeing it on TV <laughs> with the porn stash. What's weird, man, dude? Uh, well, that's great. I'm glad you said that. Bed. He he's laying in the bed with the dude's wife. <laughs> Are you standing <laughs> over him and shit? It was just weird, man. Wasn't that All right, well, I'm glad that you said that because we're going to do a segment here on the show throughout the show, and it's called If Real People Were a Part of the Advertisement for That, and I have the My Pillow commercial as if, if it was a legit person. So I'm going to go ahead and play that. It's about four minutes long. Hilarious. So I'm going to go ahead and play that, Dano, and then when we come back, I want to get your take on uh, our Real People commercial uh, segment of the show. 
So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here it is. It is the Real People My Pillow commercial. No, God damn it, not today. Honey, the My Pillow guy broke into the house again. God damn it. Looks like you're not sleeping well. Yeah, Mike, I'm not sleeping well. Maybe because someone's been smoking crack in a weird void in my house again. Also, are you the one taking my prescription pills? That's right. God damn it, Mike, I need those. And I'm here to help you get the best sleep of your lives. Mike, please, I'll buy a pillow, whatever. Just please get out of my bathroom, okay? I have to go to work. Honey, will you give me the credit card so I can buy another fucking crack pillow from Mike? Oh, you have a down pillow. Wait, how'd you get out of the walls? I told you, honey. I bet it was him that took the toaster. Here's the problem with down pillows. You lay there, you feel comfortable, and guess what? It goes down. So this pillow's no good, and I see you sleeping on memory foam. Yeah, so? I'll show you what's wrong with that idea. Okay, fine, whatever. Just hurry up. Sleep's all about too high or too low, and I'm going to okay. show you where your comfort level would be. What the, what the fuck, Mike? We're way past comfort levels, Mike. Right, that's better, but I'm not going to sit and hold this all day. Yeah, Mike, that's because it's upside down, pal. You see? You see the small little side there? You know what else helps me sleep? Not having a grown man in my bathroom. So every morning you're getting up like, you know, it's not good. What the hell, Mike? God damn it. What the hell, Mike? What are you doing? Please leave, Mike. You know what's not good, Mike? Selling pillows for $120 is like a buy one, get one free. And then the same pillow is $60 on your website. You're just selling two pillows. Where do you get off selling it for $120? This thing isn't even good. It's just chopped up memory foam anyway. See, look. What the fuck, Mike? Just like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Let's be honest, okay? You had trouble sleeping because you were smoking crack. A lot of it. So much of it that your drug dealers had an intervention for you. Please leave. Mike's been smoking crack in my walls for several years now. But my neck feels great. Yes, it might be from all the secondhand crack smoke. And sure, he takes a 20 from my wallet every now and then, but I don't mind. He could smoke crack in my mirror anytime. Also, I may be high on crack right now. <laughs> you're sleeping better. I sure am. And you're looking good. Thank you, Mike, for showing me the air in my sleeping ways. I've been baptized in the name of good sleep with this amazing pillow. It's like the good Lord Jesus himself is holding my head all night long. What the hell's going on? Mike, why am I dressed like you? Wait, why am... Mike, what's going on, Mike? Mike! Mike! You better not be in here. Well, obviously, uh... Oh, God! When shopping oh, for coffee. come on. That's better. Y'all shave club is your cover for way more than just shaving products. They have shower, oral care, deodorant, and even butt wipes. Like the Shave Starter Kit. It includes the Executive Razor and Dr. Carver products. Or the Oral Care Starter Set. Comes with a toothbrush and toothpaste. Or the Shower Starter Set. Comes with shampoo, body cleanser, and the face wash. My favorite is the uh, Executive so uh, there you go, uh, Dano, the Real People My Pillow commercial. And if you if you get a chance to to YouTube that, that is the funniest shit I've ever watched in my entire life. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was like, 
before you started the video. I was just thinking that. <laughs> I thought it was it was very artful and cla- it was classic, man. Uh, that's funny shit. There. So I got to know. We all thought it. Is the my pillow all it's cracked up to be? I love it. I love my pillow. Sound like a fucking commercial itself. No, I mean actually I do. I, I I don't know. I just uh I just lean back in my U-Haul. No, I'm just kidding. Uh I just yeah, I think it's comfortable. I carry it everywhere I go. Does you know, it always... have the secondhand crack smoke smell though? <laughs> That was funny. That was hilarious. But no, no, I don't. I don't do any of the. Uh, what do you call it? What's some of the urban words for crack? Some of the oh, mama. I don't know. Something. Uh, the <laughs> one that I come up with is income, but that's a completely different PC unrelated incident. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, yeah, it's it's you know I'm not gonna sit here and. Act like I'm promoting the fucking mafia, like I care that much. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Go get hey, some money, man. They're throw me some bucks, money down, bro. Bastard. bastard, throw me some money down. Look, I still have the. I have this knockoff pillow that I wake up and it feels like bathroom. I've been in one of Jigsaw traps. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had that First though? All, like you wake up and you feel like you feel like you've been in Jigsaw's trap and shit. Your neck is so fucked. Yeah, uh, yeah, I do it all the time. Some of the weirdest places I woke up. I mean, <laughs> and we're and you know make up your own jokes, but in some of the weirdest positions. Whoa! I don't, and, I don't even know where to go there. Um, Sometimes you just don't make it to the comfortable spot of the house you're going in. Most comfortable spot's always the furthest one away from the fucking door that you walk into when you're hammered. So you never make it there, and that's why you end up in a floor or on a fucking, you know, one of them little bean bags. Well, can I give you a a fuck it, we'll do it live PSA? Like, after you've uh, put a dent in the whiskey bottle... Before you crush that fucker like a cheap aluminum can, you might want to go ahead and make your way to the bedroom before you black out and wake up in the middle of the fucking hallway. Because, number one, when I got to get up in the morning to take a piss, dude, I'm tired of tripping over your ass. <laughs> yeah, I come up pile of shit. <laughs> no, I generally make it, uh, I generally make it to the to the destination, the toilet seat. And then I'm fine once I make it there. No, it's not that bad. <laughs> uh, I, I generally make it to the to the either the couch or the the bed. So, uh, well, have you heard of social there. distancing? Yeah, I love. That's what I like about me and you. Yes, stay your ass six feet away from me. I'm gonna push that you out in a distance though. with uh, Le- Le- McDonald or whatever her name is. Well, that may be in the court order as well. So, um, but here we're gonna go to another break real quickly. Uh, Dano, we're gonna actually. Um, I was perusing YouTube and I found this 
um, social distancing song, and I thought it would be appropriate to play. Uh, the Holdersons, you can look them up on YouTube, uh, subscribe to them and like their channel and watch some of their other stuff as well. But this is the social distancing songs, and it's actually a couple of remakes of some 90s uh, music. So without any further ado, we will be right back here, and we'll start hour number two of the Fuck It, We'll Do It Live show. Hey guys, uh, so if you need some songs to get you through the day, here are a few. I think I did it again, I just touched my face, it's the new cardinal sin. Oh baby, I thought I never did it, but I guess I do, like five times a minute, I do it so much, it's My favorite, are you contagious? The social distance rules say go six feet that way. You know, I love you, but I just can't touch you. We can hug again, maybe someday. About our inconvenient lives You guys are the ones who are courageous Your work day is outrageous Man, you must hate us Cause we're all contagious Here's the thing we started out friends, but then we had to do fractions. Yeah, yeah, since you've been home. I'm gonna pull out all my hair, trying to understand a punted square. Yeah, yeah, since you've been home. I never did a math this way. Not sure this is helping you How do teachers do this all day?
not near. Let's just go with far. I believe that the quarantine will go on. My heart's beating so fast. A lot of work. Thank you guys so much. Another shout out to the doctors and the teachers. I don't know how you guys do this. Doctors, hang in there. We'll try to do our part. And thank you guys for doing yours. And uh, that was my little social distancing song. A little levity in these trying times, Dano, for sure. Uh, I'm sure that people are out there going, you heartless son of a bitch. Dano, uh, yeah, a little early for you to be falling down right now, buddy. Well, it was uh, amazes me how talented people are. This country, it makes me. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, I said this country, our people, makes me proud, and they, you know, come together with their talents. There's people from everywhere, and they. Oh, yeah, and you know there's people out there, bro. There's people out there right now. You heartless son of a bitch. Well, those people are never – That's you can't change them. I'm just glad I'm not that sensitive. Boy, that'd be stressful get upset over just anything. It's a very serious situation, obviously, but like you said, the word levity, and it's real important, I think. Well, I mean, and it is it is uh, it is bad. I mean, there's three hundred and seventy eight thousand eight hundred and forty eight coronavirus cases. Uh, um, as last count, sixteen thousand five hundred and fourteen deaths. But, but there is a hundred and two thousand and sixty nine recovered. Um cases so you know it's not you know of the active cases there's 260,000 of which 248,095% have a mild condition of which 12,062 now that sounds like a big number but that's only 5% that is serious or critical but you know I like the fact that we have 102,000 recoveries because that gives me hope and promise that we're going to get through this I mean I think we're going to get through it anyway uh, whether we're fucked up and we just don't give a shit and, you know, it, it sneaks in and kicks us right in the ass and breaks our nose and with a roundhouse, it's whatever. I cannot stop going away from the roundhouse references. China, um, it was obviously it developed there because the irresponsibility, nothing racist. I didn't say the Chinese virus. I said the China virus. It happened in China. And those wet markets, I mean, I'm not telling some of these people they haven't already seen on the news, but so it's just, it's just, uh, it's, it's very bad. Uh, so, some of that meat's got flies, on you know, dead pythons or whatever they are, big old snakes. Bats? Come on, for Christ's sake! Somebody's got to go. We're gonna have some have some sanctions. 
to where we can come in there against them and to where our military. Well, I hate to even put our military in something where we can monitor uh, those wet markets. Or, and I, I don't know how you're going to tell a country like China. I mean, that's obviously never going to happen. But something's got to be done. They got to pay for this shit. When I say they, the assholes that you know are because I know there's a lot of people and they're probably the only one who eat that. But they call it their culture, but. The freaking government, I think, has a lot to do with why they have to have wet markets uh, instead of businesses where people can have, when I say normal food, I mean like McDonald's and, and all the stuff that is made here in America. No, but yeah. <laughs> well, you, you got yeah, I was go just, ahead. I was going through these case numbers and uh, I was looking at, you know, it has them ranked by how many, and Haiti has six total cases. So we can pretty much say that the entire fucking country of Haiti is infected with uh, the coronavirus. Too soon? Awful. Awful. But but I get your I get where your heart was. Piece of shit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, and Borat yeah, country I'd... of Kazakhstan, sixty two cases, so I mean Maybe that dumb, unfunny bastard will be the third. No, I shouldn't have said on anybody more than twice a day. Uh, well, I was, I was, and the reason that here, I say that is because you were talking about China. Be, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just saying, you were talking about China. China with 81,171 uh, total cases, 78 new cases, um, 3,277 deaths. But they've had 73,159 total recovery. Italy, though, Italy, uh, the big the big number on the death toll at 6,077, but, and the U.S. coming in with uh, 43,734 total cases, 10,168 new cases. But we've only had 553 deaths, um, which is sad in itself, but it is also um, – a good thing right now that it's that low, but of course we had 140 uh, new deaths occur, but we've only had 295 recoveries out of that 43,000 so far. So, um, I'm, you know, now that'll jump up tremendously because of the serious uh, critical level is only 1,040 right now. But uh, you know, you talk about these wet markets, and you showed me those pictures, you asshole, of uh, these uh, wet markets. Which uh, look more like a look more like some shit out of Stephen King's Pet Cemetery, um, dogs and and cats and chickens and bats and snakes and you know the shit that we exterminate to steal a line from you is the shit that they consider a delicacy over there. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to say what I wanted to say there because it was totally un PC. But I'm going to probably go ahead and say it anyway. Uh, are you fuckers so fucking squinted in your fucking eyesight that you can't tell what you're about to devour? You can't tell a bat from a fucking chicken sandwich? Oh, my God. And I, and I wish it, it really was something physical. But, they, I mean, these people, then they don't have the right, the FDA or whoever it is. Uh, uh, whatever looks over the food, the FCC, what what the hell ever, they don't have anything. That would be the communication, be FDA. The FDA, and it's uh, it's unfortunate that as much as 
China, you know, as powerful as they are in the in the evilness and the dictatorship and the leadership they have there, um, to allow that kind of shit to happen um, to their own damn people and then spread it like wildfire, fuck everybody else, and then try to blame it on U.S. military. Um, which that didn't stick because you got the wrong one with Trump. I mean, say what you want, Democrat or Republican, but, you know, he wasn't going to let that shit fly without mentioning, you know, how, where the shit really came from. I don't give a damn. You can't eat bats. Leave, put the no. bat down. Jesus. And they got to pay for this. They have to pay for this. And obviously, not war, not being a war, but still, hell, we're already at war with this damn disease. Uh, who the hell knows? Uh, who the hell knows? Bat soup. They eat fucking bat soup. Ducks' vaginas. <laughs> Louis C.K. did a skit on that. So hilarious. Check it out. I don't want to steal it, but they're all the way down to fucking duck vaginas. And, and <laughs> I just don't get it. It's like they're they're not trying to be exotic. They're just trying to see. I don't know, fuck. Who knows? Some of that shits into their religion too. I don't know. It's just fucking disgusting. Fucking covert dick or whatever the hell they eat. I don't know. Or appetizers. But it's all. Well, I'm telling you right now though. I don't want to get rid of the Chinese people because, dude, I I will fuck some sushi up. I'm just saying. Isn't that Japanese? I don't fucking know. It ain't the same. Are you kidding I'm me? I'm just saying. Now you're out of control. I'm, I'm always out of, out of control. control. So I got a question for you. So, so um, we're going to take a, another quick break here, and I'm going to play uh, another one of these real people commercials. Uh and I'm thinking, have you? Do you remember the Discover Card, the Discovery Card commercials where it shows a shot of the guy calling in, and then yes, I'm a live person. Do you remember that commercial? Uh, I'm a live person. No, I remember having the Discover yeah. Card. I thought I was big time until the economy crashed. Until you had to pay the we'll bill. That. <laughs> well. Dan, I'm, what I'm going to do here is we're going to take a real quick break, but uh, the Discovery Card had the commercial because they claim to have been the only company that you call and you actually get to speak to a live person. So this, again, is an example in our society of if real people were involved in these commercials. We'll be back in a moment. It's fuck it. We'll do it live. Discover Card Fraud Department. I'm a real person, not a robot. Oh, you're a real person? Great. Could you not put me on hold? Okay. Okay, look, I got some stupid fucking bullshit charge on my account. Okay, sir, you do not have to curse to get your point across. Okay, fuckface, I'm gonna put you on hold so I can look you up. No, don't you put me on hold again. Hey, Dawn, I got a cold brown. You know, make a bag of feces pieces. Donna, I'm gonna free the turtles. Come on, Donna. I'm going to go release a chocolate hostage. Donna, I'm going to stock the lake with brown trout. Take the browns to the Super Bowl. How do you not get this? I'm going to go take a shit, Donna. Okay, I got you all put up here, champ. 
You just put me on hold for 15 minutes. What'd you go do, take a shit? You got me, sir, I was taking a shit. You wanna do this or not? This goddamn motherfucker. Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought, bitch. You mother- Okay, so I see a few recent charges here. Uh, I got one gray t-shirt. Good taste. Forehead wrinkle remover. I gotta bookmark that one. Three copies of Goodwill Hunting. Great movie. A Tom Brady replica mouth. It's a little weird, but I completely understand it. And 6,000 cases of Pakistani light bulbs. Bingo. Maybe that's it, genius. You know what, is there any way I could just talk to a computer? Okay, sir, to remove these charges, I'll need three forms of identification, none of which can be your driver's license or your birth certificate. I will also need your driver's license and your birth certificate. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I want to talk to your supervisor. Okay. Discover card fraud department supervisor here. Are you kidding me right now? You're the same jerk-off I was talking to from before. Yep. Discover card fraud department supervisor. Your customer service sucks. Discover is very fitting for your name because I discover a new fee every month. And there's a reason you guys aren't accepted everywhere and nobody likes you. You know, since you're a real person, I'd love to beat your ass. Sir, there's no need to get loud. I will beat your ass. And if I feel like it, I'll beat your mother's ass afterwards. Don't you talk about my goddamn mother. Why don't you come on down here to Haverhill and I'll show you my goddamn bogus charges right here. Yeah, I'll come down there and whip your... Wait, where parts? Dorchester. No shit. I grew up in Dorchester. You know Tommy Big Toe? Yeah, I know Tommy Big Toe. I've known Tommy Big Toe back when he was Tommy Little Toe and he was dating Triple Pregnantina. Holy shit. You know TPT? What about Mikey Meth Breath? Yep. May he smoke meth in heaven forever. R.I.P. What about One Ball Paul? I don't know a One Ball Paul, but I do know a Paulie Pancake Sack. Same guy. Same guy. I heard the reason he sold it was to pay off his Discover Card debt. Is that true? I can confirm that. I fucking knew it. Small world. Let me get you fixed up here. Oh, man. Looks like they got you a bunch of fees and charges here, too. Go ahead and get rid of that for you. You can do that? Yeah, they pretty much let us do whatever we want. I mean, honestly, a lot of these fees are made up. Okay, I got you all squared away. I'm just going to go ahead and put you on hold. You motherfucker. At Discover, we treat you like you'd treat you. Talk to a real person. And we are back now again. Dano, those are the best commercials I have ever heard in my entire life. They're up there. I love that I Boston mean, accent, but dude, I don't know how long I could take it before it got on my nerves. But, yeah, that was uh, that was some good stuff. <laughs> Bobby, I'm just going to tell you right now breath? that uh, the next time that we are uh, in the same room together and I have to go to the bathroom, that I will tell you I'm going to go get a bag of feces feces. Uh, yeah, uh, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Donna, Donna. <laughs> he said, "Oh, you know, triple pregnant Tina." <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, he said, "I guess you got a Tom Brady mount replica." It's a little weird, but okay, I get it. And a bunch of light bulbs. <laughs> this is a Pakistani you know, pantyhose. You know, Tony Big Toe. 
Oh, that was too much, man. I hope people out there enjoyed that because. Yeah, we you know. We get uh, old after probably about fucking hung know, up on us two minutes. Shit. Once we get live on the air, it's like, uh, oh, fuck. You know, if we get some a lot of views and listeners, it's we're gonna have to thank the coronavirus. And, you know, also, ladies and gentlemen, you, you, of course, can find us all about? On, uh, Let me click on here. Yeah. You can click on If It Will Do It Live on Facebook. Also, If It Will Do It Live show on YouTube where uh, these will go. You can, of course, check us out on iTunes as well uh, through Talk Radio 49. Um, but... You know, I don't really know if I felt very comfortable talking about wet markets um, because of just how disgusting they are. But, um, you know, Daniel, I said that you were the meme king. And uh, if anybody ever uh, happens to stumble upon uh, Dano's Facebook page, uh, you'll see a ton of memes. And some of them are so funny. Um, and some of the videos are funny. And I think, I don't know if you're going to go there or not with the dick and the donut um, uh, video, which was hilarious, by the way. But not dick and the donut. A blowjob and a donut. A dick and a donut's weird. Uh, but anyway. Uh, so, Dano, I'm going to go ahead and, and do you have a particular meme that you want to talk about uh, and share uh, audibly with our listening audience. <laughs> there's one <laughs> in particular where there's Snoop Dogg down below and one picture and up above it's a, an actual doctor, a physician. And underneath, of course, it's got Snoop Dogg fishing the fishing pole, he's fishing, and it says physician, and I thought that, I thought that was worth a share, was, I thought it was clever, <laughs> and uh, there's um, got to be, what was one of my favorite ones, <laughs> y'all, y'all out here, snorting shit that has traveled 5,000 miles in someone's asshole, but you scared of the coronavirus. Yeah, I said it. I thought that was pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) I I haven't seen that one yet. That's hilarious. And of course, the one, uh, it wasn't one of the coronavirus, but um, I wanted to mail my wife something sexy. So until the mailman told me to get out of the mailbox, and yeah, I thought that was uh, sort of like you know a little husband and wife together kind of hum- uh, humor, whatever. Uh, I thought it was funny and cheesy as hell, but still, if you're married, it's hilarious. Well, it's cute. Go fuck yourself. Well, I thought the funniest one, one of the funniest ones you shared was uh, oh, yeah, uh, when is social a, distancing going to Mona Lisa's in? got the, the gas mask on. It says, it says Corona Lisa. I thought. <laughs> yeah, it don't take much to get a cheap laugh out of me. 
Well, I thought one again the funniest ones that I saw you share the other day was uh when is this social distancing going to end? My wife would like to come inside. <laughs> that was clever. <laughs> that was a great boy, they I'm telling you. And you knew it was gonna happen. It was inevitable that you know, all these memes you just realize how talented and clever people can be, you know, and it's just uh, it's addictive well, sometimes for me. And, and I get on there and I'm just stealing everyone's memes. Like <laughs> I always try to like and love and laugh and all that, but I will tell them some just well, as damn memes. And a lot of people probably view those memes and they get all bent out of shape and shit. Like somebody just stole their apple pie, which by the way, on this show last week, uh, apple pie, grandma's apple pie was uh, put in the on in, in comparison to eating ass. So it's very hard for me to reference anything of, of, of apple pie, but you know, people don't like a good meme, but I think a good meme is healthy because I think it, for a minute when you're laughing, you're not worried about bo- hogging or hoarding or or buying every fucking last bit of hand sanitizer or toilet paper. Yeah, that ship has sailed. I think everybody will course, calm down after that uh, first rush go around. I think uh, we'll know more and more knowledge you get. The less flooding you're going to get of people in stores, and everybody's going to calm down. I know I sound way too optimistic, don't I? God forbid if we had a little optimism. Negative shit sells. Oh, yes, it does. Absolutely. You know, and one of the topics that I did want to cover tonight was – what in the hell is going through the mind of our younger generation, Dano? Why, in the midst of all of this shit, are people going down to the beach like not a fucking thing is going on, and um, they're they're partying like there's nothing going on? And I mean, what in the hell is really wrong with people? Like, please explain to me, Dano. You've done the spring break thing before and, and gone to Florida, but you know they're they're in Texas. Well, Florida shut the beaches down, but Texas, they're in Texas on the Gulf, uh, and they are wrestling with each other. They're you know incessantly drunk, and it's like hey, nothing's going on. And the coronavirus is down there, uh, you know, going uh, Nick Saban and 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 the son of a bitch is recruiting the shit out of people to inhabit. And it's like, ah, we don't give a fuck. Who cares? Um, I mean, is there any method to that madness at all that you can pull out of that? Well, (laughs) that just lets you know the power of alcohol and pussy. And the only thing that people will ignore the coronavirus is for those two things. And what better than to gather up a bunch and go fuck and drink, party and play. And, top it off, a lot of them are teenagers or young. So their responsibility is just there. 
it's going to take them getting sick for them to know. So yeah, it's just it's just a a bad um, it's a bad combination. But it ain't, but it ain't going nowhere. They're going to party this. That, it's not going to stop them. You know, uh, going to spring break. No, I knew it would. Surely you didn't think it was going to stop some of them. Well, I mean, you would hope so, but uh, you know, what can you do? I'll tell you what I can do. I just, I don't know. Pour me another drink. I know that much. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a. I hate when you get my age, man. You just lose the train of thought. There's some assholes talking and makes you. No, I'm, I'm kidding, Brad. I love you. Um, yeah, we were talking about the coronavirus, but yeah, uh, that's. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Go ahead. It's all you. I'm all ears. You're all ears, huh? And nuts. Well, I guess. Um. I guess we could talk about the five worst things about being a penis. No, 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 no. I'd rather uh, talk about my ex for the next 30 minutes. But I don't so you do don't want to know? Either. I mean, look, the five worst things about that. being a penis. If you think about it, though, it sucks. You have a hole in your head. Your best friend's a cunt. I'm, I'm your next talking, two-door neighbors are two nuts and asshole. Talk to my roommate about a penis. Every time you get excited, you throw up, and you're always wearing a collar. Oh, is that a meme? No, that's actually, I was just uh, typing uh, tasteless jokes, and that came up. I didn't yeah, well, think it was appropriate. It was bland. To, there was huh? no taste. It was des- definitely tasteless. There was no well, I, I mean, yeah, I did not bland. feel like... I didn't feel like the the one that I originally read was appropriate at the time. Just about almost everything is uh, appropriate on this show, except for, um, let's see, skinny jeans and uh, and non-alcoholics are not welcome. Or non-drinkers. I don't trust anybody that don't drink. Or it's never well, I don't cut. trust you. I don't really trust you because after seeing this, uh, you are very comparable to a diaper. I'm not there yet, asshole. Because you're usually full of shit, but thankfully you're disposable. Well, remember the old Ron White joke? I got so drunk last <laughs> night. I woke up and apparently somebody shit in my pants. <laughs> and I just thought Ron White, I thought that joke was just great. The delivery, everything, but <laughs> and I ain't found him yet. He's an elusive little bastard. Well, you know, we got about twenty four minutes left of the show. And uh what Surely I'm we thinking can check is that we, out. Well, I'm thinking we got a, a good 10-minute clip here uh, that's a tribute to Kenny Rogers. So I'm thinking we could possibly you got to know put that. When to hold. 
Oh my no, god! Every time, dude, there's that white guy that breaks out with a fucking Kenny Rogers song when his name's mentioned. You that happen was to be that Kenny guy Rogers today. singing for you. That was Kenny Rogers, 1973. No, you're not the fucking clip. He's young voice, very young voice, but he got to see Dolly. Do you think he got to see Dolly's boobs? All them years dude. of hanging out. He, dude. He's been to Dolly World, and it's not the fucking amusement park. I can tell you that. Probably more like a bet. Yeah, I can't. I can't say that. I love Dolly. She's, well, but I mean, if you think about it, dude, he was he was in there with Burt Reynolds, um, the Bandit, and I think maybe even Stroker. Even I think it, maybe he even hit Kenny Rogers a few times back there with. Um, uh, there's no yeah. no doubt in my mind that you know if you now if you follow the the rumor train she will tell you that she was faithful to her husband but we all know that her and Bert hooked up in uh, little the best little whorehouse in Texas on that set but uh, you know I'm not gonna I, I don't know um, I never thought the rumors are there and usually where there's smoke there's fire I watched watch, uh, best little whorehouse in Texas. One of the all-time greats. I didn't realize that that women could look that good at that age when I was that young. And uh, Whoa. then I got my first bad case of syphilis when I was ten. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, let's mute Dan over that one. But anyway, um, now we're here on Fuck It. We'll do it live. We got about twenty-one minutes. We will be back with a real quick final segment in just a minute, a little bit. We got a, we're going to play a tribute to Kenny Rogers. Of course, all of these can be found on YouTube. We do not hold the uh, copyrights or the intellectual rights, but uh, you are more than welcome to go check them out as well. But uh, rest in peace, Kenny Rogers. This is the Kenny Rogers tribute. Kind of give you a little in-depth untold truth um, about Kenny Rogers. Legendary musician Kenny Rogers was a fixture in country and soft rock for decades, touring constantly, releasing dozens of albums, and even lending his name to a chain of chicken restaurants. On March 20, 2020, Rogers passed away, surrounded by his family. He was 81 years old. Kenny Rogers' first taste of success came with his high school doo-wop group, The Scholars. The quartet released six singles in the late 1950s, but the group quickly fizzled out, and Rogers embarked on a solo career for the first time. He performed a single, That Crazy Feeling, on American Bandstand, as well as a Texas program called The Larry Kane Show. That's also where the singer, going by Kenneth Rogers at the time, got his stage name. In an interview with Rolling Stone, Rogers recalled, As I'm going out, Larry says, You know, you can't call yourself Kenneth Rogers. I said, That's my name. What would you call me? Kenny Rogers, he said. Not quite a superstar yet, Rogers then joined a jazz group called the Bob Doyle Three before singing and playing double bass in the popular folk ensemble, the new Christy Minstrels. After two years, Rogers and three Christy members started a lightly psychedelic pop rock group called Kenny Rogers and the First Edition. They had a huge hit in 1968 with the single Just Dropped In to see what condition my condition was in, which modern audiences might recognize from the Big Lebowski. Imagine a world without the Eagles. Without Kenny Rogers, that might have been a reality. The gambler himself gave founding Eagles member Don Henley his big break. In the late 60s, Henley formed a band called Felicity with some friends from his hometown of Linden, Texas. 
One day in 1968, they were in a clothing store in Dallas called the Electric Rocking Horse, when fate intervened in the form of a bearded stranger who they ran into while shopping. Henley told CBS Sunday Morning, We were buying bell-bottom pants and Nehru jackets and stuff. Rogers was there because there was a really beautiful girl working there. They struck up a conversation and a friendship, and as Rogers told Rolling Stone, I took them to L.A. and they lived with me for six months. Their band changed their name to Shiloh, and Rogers produced their one and only LP. And while he was in Los Angeles, Henley met Glenn Frey, and together they joined Linda Ronstadt's backing band before quitting to start their own group, The Eagles. Kenny Rogers appeared atop lots of lists, billboard charts mostly, but he also claimed to have been almost as naturally talented and successful at something besides music, tennis. Rogers began playing the sport in earnest when he was 37 years old and used his vast resources to quickly improve his game. We don't have any video footage of that, but we do have footage of him playing a charity basketball game against Michael Jordan in 1988. Anyway, Rogers once told the BBC all about his almost career in tennis. I carried a tennis pro, I carried a couple of them with me on the road. Everywhere I went, I had my own plane, so we just flew from city to city, and we'd get into town and we'd play the pro and assistant pro at one of the clubs. And so it went like that for as many as eight hours a day for ten years. Rogers told Rolling Stone that he, quote, developed a national ranking while I was on the road playing the Wimbledon champions. Did he, though? He also told the BBC, I heard at one time, I thought I saw it, that I was ranked one notch above Bjorn Borg in the doubles. Although Borg only ever played in one doubles match, Rogers also boasted that he had a serve that allowed him to stay competitive, quote, even with the pros. Sounds like the gambler may have been bluffing a little. Restaurants attract celebrities with cash to burn. Eatery co-owners like Jessica Biel and Ty Burrell generally put their money where their mouths might be, but most celebs don't incorporate their famous names into their establishments. Unless you're Flay for Flav. Welcome to FMC, Flay Fried Chicken. Or Kenny Rogers. He put his name front and center of Kenny Rogers Roasters, the chain of non-fried chicken joints marketed with the vaguely risque slogan, It's the wood that makes it good. In 1991, the first Kenny Rogers Roasters opened in Coral Springs, Florida, and within three years, the company had more than 100 outposts. While the chain grew to 425 locations, it was bankrupt by 1998 and was soon sold off. The last roasters in the U.S. in Ontario, California, shut down in 2011. But the franchise still does hearty business in Asia, where the cheap roasters franchiser bought the rights to the company outright in 2008. As one of the most successful and recognizable stars working in entertainment in the 1980s, it's not surprising that Kenny Rogers was offered a slew of endorsement deals, and he rejected almost all of them because they were primarily offers to lend his name and image to marketing campaigns for less than wholesome products. He told the Chicago Tribune in 1986, I've had offers to do commercials for cigarettes, beer, and liquor, and while I'm not passing moral judgment, I turned them down. But then came along an opportunity he couldn't refuse, either because of the product's non-controversial reputation or the insane amount of money he stood to earn. In 1986, Roger signed his first endorsement, a five-year contract to appear in advertisements for Dole products, particularly pineapple juice. It came about mostly because David Murdoch, the CEO of Dole's parent company, Castle & Cook, was friends with Rogers. Murdoch explained to the Chicago Tribune, I realized it would be a wonderful opportunity if we could get Kenny, but I didn't want to take advantage of a friend. As we got to talking money, I realized how expensive a friend could be. So how expensive? $17 million. By comparison, Pepsi only paid Michael Jackson $5 million to rep them, and that came just after Thriller. 
Along with fun country songs, Kenny Rogers found his niche singing unabashedly sentimental love songs for adults of a certain age. Lady, you decorated my life, and so on. He was a man who sang that which he knew. That is to say that Rogers had a complicated romantic history with five marriages to his name. His first, to Janice Gordon in his early 20s, lasted just two years and resulted in a son. His subsequent marriage to Gene Rogers lasted a bit longer, at three years, from 1960 to 1963. Number three seems charming. He was with Margot Anderson from 1964 to 1976 and had two kids with her. His longest-lasting and best-known marriage came with actress Marianne Gordon, running from 1977 to 1993. Rogers' fifth marriage started in 1997. That's when he married Wanda Miller, mother of twin boys. It didn't get off on the best foot, however. There was a 28-year gap between Rogers and Miller, which freaked out Miller's parents. Her mom's two years younger than me. said, I want you to know I don't appreciate what you're doing with my daughter. And I said, you know what? I don't think I would either. But in the end, he won them over with that Kenny Rogers charm. He boasted later in the same Fox Entertainment interview, now they're my best friends. By the late 1980s, the once solidly country Kenny Rogers had established himself as the king of the schmaltzy soft rock love ballad. It's impossible to count how many wedding DJs, anniversary party DJs, and adult contemporary radio DJs have spun Rogers' She Believes in Me and through the years. But Bette Midler could certainly have challenged Rogers for the title of soft rock royalty based solely on the enduring popularity of Wind Beneath My Wings. That BFF anthem definitely sounds like a Kenny Rogers song, and it almost was. In 2012, Rogers told Stuff.com that the Beaches soundtrack cut was offered to him, but he declined the chance to make it his own. He explained, I heard it, and something about it didn't sit right with me. I turned it down. Then I heard it when Bette did it, and I went, wow, can't believe I turned that down. Donald Trump didn't earn the endorsement of all that many entertainment industry figures during his 2016 presidential campaign, so Kenny Rogers made headlines in December 2015 when he tactically endorsed Trump in the run-up to the Republican primaries, telling The Guardian, I really like him. I think his problem is that he says what everyone wants to hear, but he doesn't say it well. I love what he says, I have to admit. He can be president and not owe anybody anything. He's one of the few people who has the money to do it and has the guts to do it. While Trump is a polarizing figure, it was probably far riskier for Rogers to compare him to Dolly Parton, someone beloved by almost everyone. Rogers and Parton are close friends, notably collaborating on the 1983 hit Islands in the Stream. In 2015, Rogers performed at Dollywood and discussed his eminently quotable host, saying, She has no filter. If it goes in her mind, it comes out of her mouth. And that's what makes her special. She has become the Donald Trump of country music. I love her. I love her for that. You never know what she's going to say, but it always comes from love. In response, Parton quipped to Rolling Stone, quote, Me and Donald kind of have the same hair. Kenny Rogers was a professional musician of some sort for 60 years, which means that he must have had scores of drunken tales of debauchery, right? In 2012, Rogers released his memoir, Luck or Something Like It, in which he recounted a childhood made stressful and unpredictable by a father who drank too much. He told Reuters, he was an alcoholic, but during that time, post-World War II, a lot of people were unemployed and ended up drinking. He couldn't really support his family, and I think it just broke him down. As a result, I never drank in my life. I saw it destroy him and saw it destroy other people I work with, so I made a conscious decision about this. But Rogers wasn't exactly straight-edge. He admitted on Anderson Live that while he didn't do a lot of drugs, he did do some. He got turned off after embarrassing himself at a concert, recalling... I smoked pot one night and I decided to talk on stage. I was having the time of my life. And I came off the stage and the guys in the band said, what were you talking about when you went off on this thing about the zoo? 
Most major musicians don't retire. They either fade into the obscurity of the casino and county fair circuits or die, or pretend to retire and then launch a comeback tour. But unfortunately for fans of Kenny Rogers and his deep-throated country pop, the singer had to call it quits in late 2017. He explained to Fox News, To get out there, it's hard, hard work. And I, I can't do it like I used to do it. And I swore that I would do this till I started embarrassing myself. And so, in October 2017, the 79-year-old played his last concert in Nashville. All In for the Gambler featured a number of special guests, including Don Henley, Lionel Richie, and Dolly Parton, who sang Islands in the Stream with Rogers and then I Will Always Love You for Rogers. After that, Rogers embarked on a two-year Gambler's Last Deal tour, although he had to cancel the final dates due to health issues. He really quit, too, proving he knew when to lay down the cards. It's always been kind of a, a rub with me when people retired 10 times, you know, and I'm going out because I need to go out. Check out one of our newest videos right here. Plus, even more grunge videos about your favorite musicians are coming soon. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the bell so you don't miss a single one. And that right there, uh, pretty much the story of uh, Kenny Rogers' career. Some uh, interesting facts there, Dano. You know, after hearing that, Dano, was there anything about Kenny Rogers that you learned uh, by listening to that? Yeah, where you start? Um, I didn't know that he was that pivotal with the Eagles. I didn't. When you go down the list, I didn't had no idea that that um, I knew he was a ladies' man, but um, his five marriages don't surprise me. I didn't know that he was never a drinker. Didn't know that about his daddy. Um, but there was, yeah, there was a lot of interesting, I didn't know he endorsed Trump. That was a dangerous thing to do back then as far as, uh, you know, your, uh, your career, you know? Oh, and especially your legacy and your, how you, you know, you're going to be remembered. Um, I thought one of the interesting things, of course, was the Eagles. I, again, I had no idea that, uh, Kenny Rogers was, um, you know, who knows? The Eagles were very talented, and they could have, you know, figured it out. But, I mean, obviously, you know, taking in uh, the couple of members there and, and, and how history has played itself out. Of course, I didn't know that Kenny Rogers was a tennis player. Well, there's no there's no footage. <laughs> yeah. But let's be honest. Uh, you know, back then uh, – getting footage was way harder to do than it is now. Yeah. Rest in peace, Kenny Rogers. Uh, whether you want to call him a country icon or a pop, whatever, a mix, crossover, whatever it is. One thing is he was pretty much a down-to-earth, good old American boy that lived a great life, had a lot of talent, great voice, got all the money and ladies. 80's a long time to live, and uh, should appreciate the man's music because he was amazing. He's certainly uh, part of my young life, and yeah, great American story ripped to the great Kenny Rogers, the gambler. Absolutely. Well, you know, we've talked about Kenny Rogers. We've talked, of course, about COVID-19. I'm sure that we'll probably talk about COVID-19 next Monday as uh, we can't help but talk about that shit. 
you know, I think one of the more interesting topics that we talked about was uh, your uh, weirdo or your creep of the week uh, in LaDonald. You know, first of all, I think yeah. when you're born into the name LaDonald, that you are born into that legacy of Roundhouse kicking your boyfriend in the face because he won't fuck you. Or you can debate yeah. whether whether you think the Madonna in the bathtub scene was creepy. Either way, you can't go wrong. I think that's more creepier than what creepy means with the lady kicking her husband. I guess what was creepy about her was coughing on the uh, paramedic, but that I don't know if you'd call that creepy. It seems like you'd want to say worse than that. Like, um, you fucking nut job. Or, well, I mean, think about this how I just said that too, and that just dawned on me is how, when you use certain words in, in sentences, how it can change the whole dynamic of what you're saying. Because when you read the article, of course, you know, it says because he refused to have sex with her. But when you say she roundhouse kicked him in the face because he wouldn't fuck her, that totally changes that story. Yeah, it's almost like you got. <laughs> Two or three, four stories wrapped up in a, you know, one like a like a burrito, the Supreme burrito. Like, you know, there's a little bit to talk about to here and there. Like, yum, yum, yum. Like, whoever, it's like whoever crafted that story had, you know, one of those warm flour tortillas, because I will refuse to use a corn tortilla. They're nasty. And they were like, all right, let's see. We're going to take a little bit of fucking UFC and throw it in here. We're going to take a little bit of fucking Floyd Mayweather and we're going to toss it in there. Uh, we're going to take a little bit of the porn uh, industry and toss that shit in there. And then, of course, we're going to go quasi, you know, fucking Columbine and fucking cough on this paramedic. And we're going to put that bitch in there and we're going to wrap it all up. And there it is. It's your weirdo of the week fucking burrito that, uh, you know, take a bite out of that bitch. Well, I wish and hope, and um, every day that this thing gets less and less as far as the statistics, and it keeps dropping off and getting a lot of positive numbers. I feel like whether you're a Democrat, Republican, uh, Trump's your president, and he's uh, he seems to be ahead of all this, and positive, and his leadership's there. So I don't know. Regardless, that's. It's important that we stick together on that and get some something passed for these workers. Yeah, we'll see. If Skeletor not, allows that, that would be great. Continue but not to panic. Well, continue not you know. to not to panic. But I know that we we got that 15 day ordeal, starting off with that, and uh, the quarantine deal, self quarantine, whatever the hell, and uh, see where we're at there. And well, you know, and that's interesting. Thing. It's interesting that you say quarantine because Memphis, Tennessee has imposed a stay-at-home order as of 6 p.m. tonight. Now, I'm not fucking sure if you agree with me or not, but uh, I'm pretty damn sure that that should have been in place a long time ago, and it has nothing to do with the COVID-19. COVID-19 was in the – what does that mean? COVID-19 was in Memphis. And well, they're, they're they ordered it. to stay at they home after it. 6 p.m. What was it? They shot it. 
That but, is funny. I don't know. But my thing is, is that Memphis should have had a stay-at-home order a long time ago. Uh, and 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 I think next week I want to talk about that. In in uh, I do want to talk about uh, maybe instead of a meme of the week this week, let's do a comedy act of the week. And I want to talk about that guy that you showed me because that was the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life, especially when he goes, man, I was standing right here, and he shot him right here. Right there. His foot tap is the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. Tom Tom Segura, he's a – find him on that Joe Rogan podcast. Great. You know, they're all – I listen to all those. Uh, Tom Segura, he's, he's hilarious. Um, By the yeah, way, do we want to talk about the do we want to talk about the Kobe shit? Do we do we want to do we want to discuss that? It was interesting that Sam Tripoli had tied a lot of conspiracy in with uh, which he does that at times. Very interesting. Um, I'm not being an asshole and like or vulnerable or gullible. I'm just saying, just check it out for fun. You don't have to, you know. Not something to believe. It's just something to, you know, it's just something to look at for fun. There's a lot of conspiracy and coincidences. So check it out. I think we should talk about it. With Toby and the coronavirus and the skulls and the uh, and the um, life house, the Illuminati, and yeah, just all kinds of these little That's things. Crazy. These little uh, some, uh, what do you call them? Uh, not symbolic, but the, the little hidden, whatever, what do you call them? Uh, little hidden uh, signs or subliminal messages and things like that. And it's Tripoli on. No, he was on Joey Diaz podcast. Apologies for the great Joey Diaz. How long have you been knowing cricket? Yeah, about 27 years. But I don't want to mess the <laughs> joke up, you know. I'd, yeah, but it's uh, I know, but yeah, it's still Tom hilarious. Segura, the first forty-eight, it's it's great. But yeah, I think that Tripoli was on that, like a ten-minute uh, skit or a clip of Joey Diaz just listening on his well, podcast. Well, I just got the cue that we've got ninety seconds left now. in the podcast. So we're why about, don't you ninety seconds these Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a great episode of Fuck It, We'll Do It Live. That's right, Mediocre Madness and Ramblings of Insanity, March 23rd, 2020. We're going to leave you with a cut from The Gambler, and it's by Kenny Rogers. Rest in peace. We will see you all next Monday. On a warm summer's evening. On a train bound for nowhere, I met up with a gambler. We were both too tired to sleep, so we took turns of staring out the window at the darkness. The boredom overtook us, and he began to speak. He said, Son, I've made a life out of reading people's faces and knowing what the cards were by the way they held their eyes. So if you don't mind my saying, I can see you're out of bases for a taste of your whiskey. I'll give you some advice. So I handed him my bottle, and he drank down my last swallow. Then he bombed a cigarette.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.